and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. I want to share with you from 2 Kings chapter 3. If you have your Bible, grab out 2 Kings chapter 3. And I want to read from you from about 9 to about verse 24. We're going to reference that. But I just want to start by reading verse 9 to 12 to you. And then I want to kind of give you a little background of what's happening in our story. And then I want to kind of give you the word that I really feel like the Lord has put on my heart. I spoke this word last week um, at Republic. Pastor Steve spoke here, did a great job here last week. And he's preaching that same word at Republic this week. And so we just both felt like we had a word in our heart. And I'm so thankful that we have such an incredible team of communicators um, at Destiny Church Um, that uh, myself and Pastor Mark don't feel like we have to be the only guys that ever communicate. We have some gifted communicators in this house and in our Republic house. And God has blessed us with great communicators. And uh, for that, I'm so thankful. But let's look at it, verse 9. So the king of Israel set out with the king of Judah and the king of Edom. After a roundabout march of seven days, the army had no water for themselves or for the animals with them. Verse 10 says, what exclaimed the king of Israel? And we're going to look at these kings in just a moment. Has the Lord called us three kings together only to hand us over to Moab? But Jehoshaphat asked, is there not a prophet of the Lord here that we might inquire of the Lord through him? An officer of the king of Israel answered, Elisha, son of Shaphat, is here. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. Jehoshaphat said, the Lord of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Now, what I want you to see here is this is Elisha's, um, the newly appointed prophet for the nation of Israel. He has just taken over for Elijah, who was the prophet for many years. And now Elijah was taken to heaven in a chariot of fire. Pretty cool story. If you haven't read it, you can read it in 2 Kings chapter 2. But Elijah was Elisha's mentor, and Elisha has now taken over him for him. And this story involves three different kings or three kingdoms, and they're coming together to fight against a common enemy, the Moabites that have rebelled against them. And these three kings think that this is going to be an easy battle. And the battle doesn't end up being so difficult, but the journey is difficult. And sometimes it's the journey that builds us, right? Sometimes it's the journey we have to pay attention to. Well, on their way to fight the Moabites, they run into a problem, and it's a rather significant problem. We see from Scripture that they ran out of water, and verse 9 tells us they had no more water, and I don't know about you. When I think about this story, for me, the thought of marching in the desert for one day with water doesn't sound real enticing, but they've been marching in the desert for seven days. Now, it says they're out of water. Did they, go out, did they run out of water before they started? I, I don't know. Did they run out of water on day three or day five, or did they just run out? Scripture doesn't really tell us, but we know that they are without water. And one of the kings, his name is Jehoram, and Jehoram is an evil king. He has a guilty conscience. He does not follow God. And he blames this situation with no water here. He blames this on God. His guilty conscience makes him think that God is mad at them and God is judging them. The second king that we see in the story is Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat says, I don't believe that God is judging us. I believe that God has an answer for us. And right from the beginning, you can see there's a difference in two of these kings. They both see this 
as a spiritual element happening here, but Jehoram sees that God is a God to be avoided or blamed during crisis. Jehoshaphat sees God as a God who is to be embraced and sought after during crisis. And today, as we kind of kick off 2022, I wonder what's been your approach to God. Is he a God to be blamed or avoided during crisis, or is he a God that you should seek after during crisis? See this story unfolded. Well, Jehoram wants to blame God. Jehoshaphat wants to go after God, and that's what they ended up doing. So this is where we see Elisha, the prophet, begin to enter into this story. Jehoshaphat was a godly king. He ruled over the southern kingdom of Israel. Israel was split into the northern and southern kingdoms. And Jehoshaphat is over the southern kingdom, and he calls for a prophet. In verse 11, he says, is there not a prophet that we can call on? And let me just say before we go any further, we're just a couple of days, a couple of weeks into 2022. And I think we have a tendency in the church um, as believers, when hard times come or when we need an answer, the, sometimes the last person we turn to is the first person we should be turning to. And I want to encourage you in 2022, when, when hard times come up, when you aren't sure which path to take, which direction to turn, seek after the Lord. The Lord needs to be our first response. When a need arises in our family, our faith, or our finances, or any relationship, I want to encourage you, seek after the Lord. If you have a great need in your life today, if you have answers that seem to not be coming, I encourage you, seek after the Lord. If you've been marching around an area in your life. And I feel like some of you have been praying about the same thing over and over and over again. And some of you even have fasted the beginning of the last few years as you've attended Destiny Church for some of the same things. And maybe you've marched around the same area, the same hurt, the same pain, the same physical hurt, the same physical problem or spiritual or relational. Or maybe you have a shortage in your life or a lack, or maybe there's some dryness or some loneliness. I want to encourage you today, don't just kind of avoid the Lord. Go after the Lord. Seek after the Lord. Sometimes what I've discovered in my life is my greatest pain or my deepest need can actually be the best thing that happens to me if I seek after the Lord. And so I want to encourage you, make 2022 a year where you prioritize the Lord and seek after Him, good days or bad days. Let's all be dependent upon the Lord. And so we see our story begin to pick up in verse 13, Elisha is addressing the kings, and he says to the king of Israel, when he says to the king of Israel here, he's speaking to Jehoram. He says, what do we have to do with each other? This is very interesting. He says, go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. The message, I love how the message translation says, it says, what do you and I have in common? Go consult the puppet prophets of your father and mother. So you know, the king of Israel that he is speaking to is Jehoram. Um, he was the king of the northern tribes of Israel. Just so you know, Jehoram's parents, they were Ahab and Jezebel. They were evil with a capital E. His parents were the ones who were wanting to have Elijah killed on the Mount, on Mount Carmel. 
And uh, so they are evil, and their son Jehoram is following in their footsteps. So Elisha is taunting him. And when you read Scripture, if you really begin to dig into Scripture, you can see there's some fun stuff. There's some people that talk smack, and Elisha here is talking smack. It's like Pastor Mark on a basketball court. He's going to talk a little smack to you, you know, but it's just kind of what it is. But Elisha is talking some trash to this guy, and he's saying, hey, go call on your parents' prophets. And uh, But these kings, what we see here is even though they are evil, even though they really don't have a need for the Lord or a desire for the Lord, when they have a need arise, it drives them to the Lord. And that's how I think some of us are. For many of us, God is nothing but a backburner thought or a backburner idea or someone to be avoided or blamed until we need him. I can't tell you how many people I've seen passionately chase after God when they need him. And then when they get an answer, they go back to life as it was before the trial. So let's pick up verse 13. Elisha said to the king of Israel, again, what do we have to do each other with each other? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother and listen to what Jehoram says. He says, no, it's God's fault that we're here. God did this. Listen how Elisha responds. Verse 14. As surely as the Lord Almighty lives whom I serve, if I didn't have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even look at you or notice you. So he says, hey, you and I have nothing in common. I know you're never going to serve the Lord. You're never going to follow the ways of the Lord. And if it was just you here, I would let you just go to your ruin. But because I have a friendship with the king of the king uh, of the southern tribes of Israel, the king of Judah, I'm going to honor and address you. And then look at verse 15, and this is kind of where we're going to kind of dive into our story. He says, so now bring me a harpist. I don't know about you, but when I read this verse, it seems just a little bit like cheesy, a little bit anticlimactic to me. It's like, what in the world? You've just stood toe to toe with this evil king and you've challenged him. You've taunted him. You've talked smack to him. And now you want to have some harp music. I mean, it just, people are about to die due to a lack of water. I mean, it just doesn't seem like the time that you would say, Hey, I need some mood music. That's what's happening here. It's like, I need some mood music. And not only does he want some mood music, he wants a harpist. I I like music as much as anybody, but I have never in my life said, can somebody get me a harpist? You know, it's just kind of this weird thing when you're reading this story, unless you understand what's really happening when he calls for the harpist. You see, most prophets that we see in scripture would travel with a musician. And this musician, what they would do is they would help to facilitate a sensitivity to the presence of the Lord. Meaning when a prophet in this situation, when Elisha wanted to become more sensitive to what God was saying, he asked for someone to play music. He asked for the harpist. He asked for the psalmist. And I just want to tell you today, you can experience it on Sunday mornings, you can experience on a Tuesday, there is something powerful about music. I love all music. I remember when I was a kid, I could only listen to Christian music, only listen to Christian music. And and I remember when I snuck my first tape 
Some of you are like, a tape. Yes, there was these things that were called tapes, and they had two little holes on them, and if they would wrap around your radio, you would have to pull it out and wind it back up and to make it play just right. And uh, But we had these tapes, and I remember when I got my first tape that wasn't Christian music, and I was like sneaking it in my bedroom so I could listen to like devil music. That's what my parents made me feel like it was, but there was something powerful about music, and I might have literally been listening to like, you know, some kind of country music. I don't know, but I mean, I remember when I first started, but all music, there's something powerful about music. There's That's the reason people go crazy for music, but for me, there's just something incredible about worship. I want you to hear something today. The harpist, worship music, please hear me, does not do anything to increase the presence of the Lord. I don't believe that. I believe what the harpist did was he created a sensitivity in Elisha's heart to the presence of the Lord. When worship music starts here, listen to me, it doesn't mean that God is like, oh, I gotta show up because, no, God is omnipresent. I believe that God is everywhere. I believe that in scripture, God is everywhere. Worship doesn't make God say, well, I wanna do more. No, what worship music does is I believe it creates sensitivity in our hearts to understand that his presence is there. And so Elisha is calling for this harpist. Why? Because he wants to be sensitive to what the Lord is saying in this moment. So what, I've, so what I want to do today is I want to ask Kim to help me. And Kim, if you'll come join me on the keys, I want to kind of just do something here today to kind of just bring the word home today. Because I believe, really do, that the Lord wants to speak and to minister in this house today, I believe he wants to set the tone for 2022. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask him to play. And when I say play, she's going to play. When I say stop, she's going to stop. And uh, we're going to just kind of just do what I think might have been happening on that day. But let me set this up just a little bit. Let's pick up our story in verse 15. While the harpist was playing, it says the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha. And he said, this is what the Lord says. Now we can take that scripture off the screen. Let me just kind of just set this up just a moment. The harpist is playing and the word of the Lord starts flowing. And you know when the word of the Lord starts flowing, you know when the presence of the Lord, the kings have to be getting excited, expecting a word of hope. You know, like God's getting ready to send rain now. I mean, that's really what the kings want. They're wanting God to pay the heavenly water bill, right? They're wanting God to send some rain And I can imagine these kings anxiously awaiting this news from the prophet where the prophet's going to look at them and say, hey, guys, it's getting ready to rain. So remember, Elisha has called for the harpist. Well, we don't have any harpists at Destiny Church. So you're going to have to do with the pianist today, all right? So you're just going to have to act like this is a heavenly harp playing. But let me just say I said to you in a hushed and reverent tone, hey, God's not done with you. God's not forsaken you. He's not forgotten you. That in and of itself is a good reminder. But let's say we do it with Kim playing the keys. All right, Kim, let's go ahead and start playing some. Watch what happens when she plays, and then we say the same type of thing. Hey, God's not done with you. He's not forgotten you. He knows right where you are. He knows your exact situation. He knows the pain that you've experienced. He knows the loneliness. He knows right where you are in this moment. He knows the number of hairs on your head. 
He knows every, he's numbered every single one of your days. He knows right where you are. He knows the good, he knows the bad, the loss, the hurt, the pain. He knows all of it. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. A little different, you can stop playing. Sounds a little different, right? Something about music for me, when I used to travel, I used to travel as an evangelist and my brother-in-law, who's our executive pastor at our church, he was our worship, he was my worship pastor. We were 21-year-old kids and started doing traveling as an evangelist. But the very first thing I did when the Lord asked me to travel is I was like, I've got to have good worship music go with me. And so I hired a full team of guys to travel with me. And there would be many times I'd get up to preach and I would ask Jason, I need you to play. And he would stand there and play the whole time. Why? Because I felt like it just kind of just created some moment in the room. And so there's something powerful about it. Let's try it with Scripture now. Isaiah chapter 41, let me read it to you without music, and then we're going to read it to you with music. I brought you from the, this is Isaiah 41. I brought you from the ends of the earth, and I called you from its farthest corners. I said to you, you are my servant. I've chosen you and not rejected you. Do not fear, for I am with you. Don't be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you with my righteous right hand. Good verse. I love when God speaks for himself. But let's listen to this verse with some music playing in the background here. Kim, let's go ahead and play. Let's read it again. I brought you from the ends of the earth. And I called you from its farthest corners. I said to you, you are my servant. I've chosen you and not rejected you. Don't fear, I'm with you. Don't be afraid from your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you with my righteous right hand. I like that even better. So Kim, keep playing. So the prophet here calls for the harpist. I want you to picture, I want you to set yourself in this scene here. The kings are there. They're waiting an answer. The harpist is playing. The prophet starts prophesying. And it says, while the harpist was playing, verse 15, the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha. And this is what the Lord said. Make this valley full of ditches. All right, Kim, you can stop playing. I, I read this verse. Can you imagine here? The king sitting there anxiously awaiting an answer. And the Lord is like, all right, get, I'm getting ready to give the prophet a word. And he says, make this valley full of of ditches. Now, if I am the king, this is not what I would want to hear when my troops are dying of thirst in the desert and they're already dehydrated. I can imagine just like many of us, the kings, they wanted a shortcut. They want an easy answer, just as all of us do. Hey, you need some rain? Here's some rain. But that's not how God does it when I see scripture. That's not how he did it then. That's not how he's doing it today. And, and I need this for myself, but I want all of you to catch this today. Listen to me. If the main thing you're asking for from God is a magic trick or a shortcut or an easy answer, you're missing it because listen to me today, God isn't into magic tricks. God isn't a shortcut. Faith is not a, it's not like a lottery ticket. Faith is a work order. You have to put some skin 
in the game. And I believe that God is telling us here in 2022, the church as a whole, but my priority is Destiny Church. I believe that God is speaking to Destiny Church this. He's saying to us, if you want some rain, dig a ditch. You want God to bless you financially? Dig a ditch. Put God first in your finances. Be generous. Be a tither. Be a giver. I can't tell you how many people I've ran into over the years who have said, I need God to bless my finances. And I ask them if they are tithers and they say, no, I don't believe in the tither. I don't have enough money to tithe. Listen to me. This is not a giving message. But if you want God to bless your finances, according to the word of God, you have to dig a ditch and you have to sow with your giving. It's scriptural. And Tosh and I, we've put that to test. Earlier this, at the end of 2021, I had some, uh, for those of you that don't know, I had some heart issues. I was rushed to the hospital in an ambulance. They thought I was having a heart attack, some major medical bills. At the same time, our dishwasher went out of our house, our washing machine went out of our house, our dryer went out of our house, our refrigerator, I mean, literally, this is, not, this is not made up. This was like that horrible, no good, very bad day. All this stuff is happening. Then my wife's brand new car that we got her is now going out and messing up, and I take it back to the shop to fix, and they say, we're not going to fix it, and it's like a $3,500 to $5,000. So I'm looking at all these bills that are piling up. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do with all this? And I was sitting in my freedom group. One of our, I, I led a freedom group, and I was sitting in my freedom group. And in one of our sessions, one of the guys started talking about tithing. And that day, I had literally been thinking, I'm a pastor, so forgive me, but I'd literally been thinking, man, I don't know how we're going to pay all these bills. Maybe if I just take my tithe for a few months, I can figure out how, how to get all this together. That's what was in my brain, just being transparent. And that night, as we're talking about tithe, the Lord just spoke to my heart, and he said, if you'll increase your giving, I'll take care of you. And that night, I went, and I went on our online banking, and I upped our tithe by a little bit of money a month. And I can't tell you that within just a few hours, literally, it was just that same night, that same night that I did that, right after that, a man from my church called us and said, hey, the Lord put something in my heart. And he said, there's something under your front porch mat. And I went, and I'm not saying God is a genie in a bottle that you tithe and he just gives you money. But I think sometimes the Lord wants us to know that if you are faithful in your giving, he will bless you. And I went out that night and there was a major check in my, on my front porch. And he had no idea of any of that. Within just a few days, there was multiple thousand dollar and up gifts that came to us that covered all those costs. And I just want you to know this year alone, my family, I'm like, you know what? We're going to do it again. We're going to increase our giving again. Why? Because we're going to dig ditches so we can see God move in our lives financially. And this isn't a giving message, but I just feel like some of you need to hear that if you want God to bless you financially, dig a ditch. Some of you in this room, you need God to bless your marriage. Dig a ditch. Let me be clear not to bury your spouse in, all right? Not that, but dig a ditch. Put your spouse first. Put your needs to the side and dig a ditch for your marriage. Take care of somebody else. You need God to bless you spiritually. Dig a ditch. Get into church. Be faithful in church. Be faithful in the word. Be faithful in worship. Dig a ditch. You want God to bless you? Dig a ditch. I want you to notice verse 16 through the prophet Elisha, the Lord said, make this valley. 
Now, when we read in Scripture, a valley, oftentimes it is referred to as a low place. We know that a valley is a low place, right? It's in between two higher spots. Well, God said, make this valley, this low place, this place of hurt, this place of pain, this place of isolation, this place for these, these, uh, these kings, this place is going to kill you and your men. If God doesn't intervene, make this place, make that valley, make that place of isolation, make that place of desperation, make that place where you felt that hurt and pain for maybe years. Maybe put that place where you've been in this never ending cycle of pain and defeat, make that valley. I want you to hear me. Somebody today, you're in a valley somebody's in a low place and you're wondering, how do I get out of it? God says, you need to make that valley, that place where you're hurting, that place where you're lonely, that place where you feel pain, that place that's defeated you time after time after time after time. God says, make that valley full of ditches. And notice verse 17 is kind of just tucked away in this story, but it says, you will see neither wind nor rain yet this valley will be flowing with water. I think it's interesting that it didn't rain, yet there was water. God promised to send water to that valley. And I want to tell somebody today, God has promised that he will answer your deepest hurt and your deepest pain. Sometimes we have to dig ditches in preparation. I want you to hear me today. They had to dig ditches before the water could come. And I think that's what God's saying to some of us today. You need a miracle in your life. You need a breakthrough. You need God to do something. It's time to dig a ditch. I think that's what God is saying to some of us in this room today. You need a miracle in your life. Get to work and dig a ditch. You need a miracle in your finances. Put a shovel in the dirt and dig a ditch. You need God to do something for your son or your daughter, get to work and dig a ditch. But I want you to notice in verse 16, he didn't say dig one ditch. He said, make this valley full of ditches. And some of you have some things in your life that are bigger than you, some problems, some trials, some hurts, some pains that you don't know the answer to. God is saying to us today, dig a ditch, get to work, do put some skin in the game. I want you to imagine with me these kings now coming from their meeting with Elisha. And as they stand before their men, their men have to be like, all right, what did they say? Can you imagine the kings coming up with some shovels? Well, I've got some good news and I've, I've got some bad news. What's the good news? Well, the good news is there's getting ready to be a lot of water. And I can imagine the, the men cheering and shouting, what's the bad news? Well, the bad news is you've got to dig some ditches. Can you imagine? There's no clouds in the sky. It's just as hot as it's always been. They're just as thirsty as they've been the entire time. They're tired. They've been marching for seven days. And now God wants them to dig some ditches in this valley that's already killing them. In hopes, I want you to hear me, if you don't get anything else, he wants them to dig some ditches in hopes that it might one day rain. But that's the nature of faith. That's the nature of faith. We dig ditches even though we can't see it rain. 
We tithe even if we don't get a check under our front porch. We tithe even if we don't see a miracle. We get on our knees and pray for our kids even though we don't see them coming home to Jesus. We get up and we worship and we praise the Lord even though our body hurts. Even though we're sick, even though things don't make sense, we need to dig some ditches. And some of you in 2022, you want God to answer some of your prayer requests, some things, but you want God just to be that genie in a bottle who just shows up and does whatever you want whenever you want it. But sometimes we have to put some skin in the game and ask God, God, if I do my part, you say, Pastor Chad, do I have to do something to make God move? Listen to me, I don't. God is God. He can do whatever he wants. But I have learned oftentimes in my life, if I don't move, God doesn't move. You said, Pastor Chad, I don't believe that. God can do anything. He can. He doesn't need my help. He doesn't need me to dig a ditch. But he wants me to have faith. So sometimes the faith that I have to do is dig a ditch. And scripture is full of examples like this. Let me give you just one of them. There was a man in the Bible who, Scripture tells us he had a withered hand. And Jesus comes up to this man with this withered hand, and he says, stretch out your hand. You know what? The last thing I want to do when I have something that's broken or disfigured, or when I have something in me that embarrasses me, the last thing I want to do is extend it. But Jesus looks at that man, and let me just say this. It's hard to stretch out something that won't stretch. But Jesus says to that man, hey, you want to be healed? Dig a ditch. Stretch out your hand. And guess what that man did? He stretched out his hand. And guess what Jesus did? He healed him. And yes, any God who can make it rain or in this story, provide water, however he did it, doesn't need my help to dig ditches. God can make ditches appear without the help of mankind. I want you to hear me today. It wasn't that God needed these men to dig a ditch. It was that God wanted these men to exercise their faith. I want you to hear me today. Digging ditches is something every single one of us in this room can do. Well, Pastor Chad, I've got a bad back. I can't get out. I'm not asking you to go out in your backyard and mess up your grass, all right? I'm asking you to dig some ditches in faith. Where do you need a ditch to be dug? Dig some ditches in faith. Put some skin in the game. I'm not asking you to do more than you can do. I'm simply asking you to do what you can do. Here's what I, do what you can do so God can do what only he can do. Charles Spurgeon, one time he said, if we expect to obtain the Holy Spirit's blessing, we must prepare for the Holy Spirit's reception. Listen, if you're in a valley today, if you're in a low place, if you're in a season of hurt and pain, don't expect God to send rain until you've started digging some ditches. And that's my challenge to us on this second Sunday of 2022. Or do you need a miracle in your life? Dig a ditch. Your marriage, your health, your finances, your work, your relationship, a job, dig a ditch. Prepare for rain, even when you can't see it rain. You guys okay if I share something with you today? Just as I get ready to wrap up, I want to share something with you that the Lord started whispering to my heart the first week of 2022. 
One of the things we want to do more in 2022 as a church, we believe there are multiple gifts in the body of Christ. One of those is the gift of prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. And we want to see that gift. We want to see that happening in our church. And so I, I don't want us to be ashamed or fearful of when we feel like the Lord, the Lord gives us a word. And, and I feel like the Lord spoke to my heart at the beginning of 2022. I know for my own family, but I believe for many of you as well. And it was interesting. I'm not going to go into it. My wife asked, told me last night, she said, the Lord gave her a word. And, and I'm not going to go into it because she wants to continue to process through it. But it was the exact same thing the Lord had been telling me that in 2022, it's going to rain. And listen to me, I'm not saying like physical rain. Yes, it's going to rain. We're going to get some water. I'm talking kingdom manifestations. I believe the Lord is going to send his presence. And I believe people are going to be healed. And I believe family members are going to be saved. And I believe finances are going to be restored. And I believe marriages are going to be restored. I believe areas of your body where you've been in sickness and in pain. Some of you have had some back pain for years you've asked God, please heal me. I believe in 2022, when you dig some ditches with a back that just doesn't cooperate right, when you dig some ditches for some knees that just ache and it hurts you to dig some ditches, but I believe that as we dig ditches, it's going to rain, and I believe what the Lord has also been telling me is it's going to happen very quickly in 2022. We're not going to be digging all year long and get to the end of this year and said it never rained. I believe as we dig, it's going to rain. So let me close. Verse 16 through 19, we've read it. Verse 17 says, it's not going to rain, but you're going to have water. But the Lord says to them in verse 16 through 19, not only will you have water, I want you to hear me, but you'll defeat your enemy as well. And that's why they started out on the journey in the first place. And I believe that's a word for some of you in 2022. You're not only going to get your immediate needs supplied, He's going to defeat your enemies. He's going to give you freedom. You're going to walk in victory. But first of all, we have to dig. And verse 20 is a prophetic verse. I really do believe it. Verse 20 says, the next morning. So can you imagine the night before? This is so stupid. Why are we digging ditches? army of men just digging ditches. Can you imagine? Just can you hear? Can you kind of maybe hear some of the grumbling and complaining? Why are we digging ditches? Why are we praying all night? Why are we fasting 21 days? Why are we tithing? Why are we worshiping? Why are we praying? I don't feel like serving God. Why am I doing all this? What's that sound? Do you guys hear that? I hear water. Sounds like a rushing river. Can you can you imagine this day? The next morning, I believe this is prophetic for us today. The next morning about the time for offering the sacrifice, there was water flowing from the direction of Edom and the land was filled with water. But you got to hear me today. The water was only available because they were obedient to dig ditches. And some of you need to hear this today. There's only going to be water available for you. Your answer's only going to come when you dig some ditches, when you put some skin in the game, when you put some time in. The Lord is going to bring water. But first of all, you have to dig ditches. God gave them complete and total victory. Listen to this as I close. I don't know what you need. I don't know. I don't know where God is calling you to dig. 
I just know that there's probably some tired and thirsty people in this place who feel like, man, I've been marching for seven days without water. And now you want me to dig? Doesn't make sense. All I know is it's hard. It's hard digging ditches when you can't see God moving. It's hard digging ditches when you have no money. It's hard digging ditches when the sink is full of dishes and the kids are yelling in the other room. It's hard digging ditches when you and your spouse are at odds. It's hard digging ditches when you're a student and you feel like you're the only follower of Jesus in your whole school. It's hard digging ditches when the doctor gives you a report that says there is no hope. It's hard. It's hard. But I promise you, I declare to you in 2022, if you will dig ditches in preparation for rain, it's going to rain. And I would hate to miss out on God's blessing for me because I was too lazy. I would hate to miss out on what God had for me because I was too busy, too doubtful, or too disobedient to dig a ditch where God told me to dig a ditch. And here's my closing thought for you today. God isn't looking for people who will clap when the rain comes. God is looking for people who will dig ditches before there's even a sign of rain. Let me say it again. God isn't looking for people who will clap when the rain comes. That's easy. God's looking for some people who will be faithful. God, I don't understand this, but I'm going to dig. God, I'm not seeing an answer. But I'm going to keep digging. You know what, what? You know what digging might look like? You know what digging might look like for you? look like for you today it's time to dig some ditches thank you so much for joining us special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry it's because of you that this ministry is possible you can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends we love you and have a blessed week